Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, once ab welcome back to Fleet Flicker. I'm your host, Sean Murray, and uh, yes, it is actually a second episode we get to cut, and actually in one day, as I said before, uh, was off a day, get a chance to uh, do some episodes, and that's probably the best time to get a chance to do my episodes, is uh, in all my days off. I know as most um, most people do podcasts, they, they set aside set aside a time, whether it's like every Wednesday, 8 o'clock in the evening, or whatever the case, wherever the case might be. Unfortunately for me, I have to do it whenever I get a chance, and of course, that might not be the greatest way to do things. I'm sure, like I said, most experienced podcasters would uh, do it do it like that. You know, take, take a day of the week, I'll do it every Wednesday, like I say, 8 o'clock, or you know, something along those lines, but unfortunately for me, that is not... That is not the case for me. I have to take whatever day I get off, or if I have to do it late at night, uh, like almost midnight, to do to do a podcast. That's exactly when I get a chance to cut do most of my episodes is around that time. And of course, sometimes there's days where I can do a couple in a row to the point where it may take it three or four days later before I do one. So probably not as consistent as most. But again, my job requires me to work in the evenings. It, yeah, there's times you get home at night, you grab maybe a quick bite to eat, jump in the shower, and then by that time, you just don't want to do anything else. You kick back, maybe watch a little bit of TV, and then unwind and head on to bed. For me, it's a situation where it takes me a, a while to go to bed because the body is so wound up from the, from the day at work. Some, some people can come home and crash. Unfortunately, I can't do that. The body is programmed to the point where it, it, it doesn't doesn't go to sleep, doesn't get tired to maybe like 1 or one thirty in the morning. So for me, that's how I am. Uh, for those who joined this podcast for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please, if you're joining for the very first time, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, co-workers. doesn't matter who you invite. Please invite them on in as I'm doing my very best to continue to try to grow and grow an audience. And uh, hopefully one of these days... Uh, I'll have a, a much bigger audience, at least at least I hope I do at one point in time. Um, as I've stated before in previous podcasts, uh, this coming June will be, late June will be two years that I've done this podcast, and it's kind of hard to believe after, at least hard to believe two years has kind of come and gone by, but certainly I'm doing the best we can to put out as much information as I can to you as much as possible as it comes in, and certainly with the, for most people the uh, season is already the off season is already upon us for the Eagles for the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs they've got one more game to play for the Lombardi Trophy and the winner the winners certainly get the bragging rights for the next <laughs> several months uh, for those who do from day one I want to say thank you for doing so and as I stated invite your family your friends your loved ones your neighbors co-workers whoever you need to invite please invite them on invite them on in uh, if you do not listen to me here on Anchor, I am on Spotify, Heart Radio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public. I'm on these, on these. So please, if you get a chance, if you don't get a chance to listen to Anchor, again, listen to me on there. Whether, whatever, wherever you are, whether you got a day off, uh, chores around the house, uh, maybe on vacation, maybe on vacation, kicking, kicking back. Um, whether you're at maybe on a break at work or maybe you're on your way home from work or going to work, whatever the case, yeah, please, whatever the case is, 
by all means, please, please listen to the episode. Um, if, like I said before, if you got a question, I'm on Facebook and Spotify. Actually, have a section where you can go to to I can answer to get a question out to me. It doesn't matter any anything on the world of football that you can certainly you know certainly ask me. I will do that very best I can to answer that question for you. And as I stated in the past, I will do you know I will put yeah I will set aside some time for an for an episode. I don't care if I got to do a whole podcast, a whole episode I should say by listening by just answering nothing but questions. I will sit there and certainly do that. You know for for my viewers, I have no problem at all doing that. I'll set aside a whole, you know, like I said, a whole episode doing that. Um, trying to think of anything else I can actually add. Uh, I guess the one more thing I will add is I want to thank um, some new Facebook followers. Every it seems like every other day or something like that, every two days I'm at, I'm adding new viewerships, uh, viewerships from like um, some you know local, like local businesses uh, or you know local businesses, uh, you know. I certainly appreciate it. I hope that you uh, tell your friends, tell your friends or your coworkers or customers about my podcast and bring them on in. I want them to listen to listen as much, listen as much as possible as we try to grow and grow our viewership. Um, I can't think of anything else I really want to uh, really want to uh, say. Uh, just once again, I'd like to thank everybody for who. who actually does who do listen to podcasts out there, you know, wherever wherever you're listening from. Um, thank you and I hope I hope you continue to do my very best to at least try to impress you as best I can. Hopefully that you'll get a chance to um, get a chance to tell your friends and as we as a group we continue to, to grow. Uh, let's jump into the uh, the first thing first. Let's talk about the uh, the Arizona Cardinals and their head coaching position. Uh, reports have come out there and narrowed it down to three choices. Uh, one is a former Miami Dolphins head football coach, Brian Flores. Uh, we'll actually talk about Brian a little bit a little bit later on in this yeah, in this episode as uh, it appears that he will not become the new head football coach of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into we'll get into he has a new job but it's not the head football coach. To me I would love to see Brian be the head football coach of the um, the other Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Brian was a Brian didn't do that bad of a job with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, again, towards the end of this, there was rumors that uh, ownership wanted to tank some games, so they can go out and draft. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Uh, that did not happen. They ended up getting two up. They drafted two up, and you can make an argument. You can make an argument that certainly Burrow has done better than Tua. At least, uh, you know, Burroughs won the playoffs twice, tied team their Super Bowl, and uh, Tua has not been quite as successful as, as Burroughs. So you can certainly make that argument. Um, there were reports coming out one time that, that uh, Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert and not Tua as his quarterback. Now, you can make a case Herbert's had a better career than Tua has at this point as far as the numbers. Herbert's numbers are way better than Tua's. Now, Tua had a good year this past year. Mike McDaniel came in, implemented the system, in, and it fit in. Tua had success in that system. Of course, we all know Tua and his concussions. That has become a concern for the Miami Brass. They feel that he can overcome this and he will get past this. 
Um, we'll see in time. Um, concussions are a tricky thing, and we sort of know why concussions are a tricky thing. I mean, people, you know, we've got, you know, as we've all we've discussed before, we've discussed this before, that again, this is a situation where this uh, later on in life it affects you. And of course, we've heard so many horror stories about, how can I say it? We've heard horror stories about, you know, about former football players committing suicide. Um, they've had tremendous amount of brain damage and uh, this for years. And uh, again, uh, that's become a touchy situation. You know, certainly an old tool can't get these concussions under wraps. He's a uh, nice young man. Um, certainly hope he does. I'm sure Miami Dolphins grass hopes that as well. But Ryan Flores, like I said, towards the end, of course, then he sued Miami, you know, Miami Dolphins for a racial issue as to why he got fired. Now, if you're Andy Brandt, I mean, Brian did a good job. He did an excellent job, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It was the offense that had to get corrected. But it seemed like he did an excellent job on the defensive side of the ball. Got quality players to come in, you know, you know signed a few free agents, you know, drafted, drafted well enough on the defensive side of the ball. So, Brian... I would love to see Brian. I don't think Brian, with all the rumors going around about Kyle Murray going around, yeah, I would love to see Brian come in. I think Brian Boys comes in that Bill Belichick tree of coaching that I don't think, I really don't believe that he would have taken growth off of Kyle Murray if all this stuff was true. And uh, Kyler. that Kyle's a promoted go-to his head. I don't think that he would have, um, I don't think he would allow, I think he would be a little bit harder on Kyle Murray. Maybe that's something that Kyle Murray needs if, he, if the reports are true. I don't want to sit back and speculate or MGM these are rumors. Several writers have said this. We've heard, you know, we've heard rumors that people in the locker room are saying this. And if, if it's coming from the locker room, that's not a good sign. But I think a guy like Brian Flores would have been perfect to come in the situation. He could have certainly worked on the defense side of the ball. And I think he could have held Kyle Murray more accountable for some things. I think that would have been a a great that would have been an excellent thing. But again, that does not seem to be the case as we'll talk about Brian Flores. Like a little bit later, uh, we talked about a guy a couple of episodes ago, Mike Khalif, who was a offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, as him and Brian Drebel were then. And Certainly, guys, Daniel Jones to be a respectable quarterback in this league. Daniel Jones had a career year, and certainly he's going to cash in on, on that career year. And Daniel, it appears he will probably, at, hopefully at some at point in time, re-sign with the Giants because it certainly is, much, it is a certain an excellent fit for uh, Daniel Jones. I think if he went somewhere else, he would not. I think, yeah, I don't think he would have success. Um, again, does Marshall come back to the Giants? Um yeah, can you get can you get the man some receiving help? Yeah, that's gonna be a situation. That's but Khalif done a pretty good job with Daniel Jones. Um, certainly his stock had went up tenfold because of that. And again, there were rumors going around that he would be the next head football coach. I had read that for the Cardinals. I know at least at one point last week, and to me he could probably be the leading candidate. Um, another man has come in and got to that situation is uh is the uh Defensive coordinator of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Lou 
Now, now I'm sure I'm botching Aaron's last name over there. I shall probably apologize for that. And the Remo, if I'm pronouncing that right. And the Remo has gotten his name in the conversation as well. Uh, at one point in time, it was him and offensive coordinator Canahan. Yeah. We're, um, we're going to uh, get an interview for the job once the Bengals uh, lost the uh, Chiefs and Nation Championship game. But it seems like the dude has. Um, Seems to have uh, evidently has said the right things again to the um, to the Cardinals brass. Now Lou has done a pretty good job the last couple of years with the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Uh, there's a blend of youth veterans on their defense and it's played well the last couple of years. Now to me, I've kind of and some experts and myself included have um, jumped on Lou for the poor job that he did in the AFC Championship game where he should have put a lot more pressure on Patrick Mahomes and kept that ankle out. And there was points in that game where you could see Mahomes looping around with an ankle, and he should have. But again, that's the case. So right now, it seems to be down to those two. Since Brian Flores is no longer in the conversation for that, you know, for that job. Uh, it's interesting for right now. I would say they're probably looking for another offensive coordinator to to maybe work with Kyler Murray. And to me, I think Mike probably. Has the edge over Luke's. I think that's the direction they're going in, and they need somebody that can help Kyle Murray elevate his game. Now, to me, I would love Brian Flores with the, with the job because I think Brian would have been a tougher head football coach. Not saying Mike or not saying Luke could be a tough head football a tough head football coach in this league. But the thing is, I think if you know, I think Brian Flores would come in, and I think he would you know he would put his foot down. And certainly he would certainly could put his two cents on the defensive side of the ball and let somebody else handle the offense. I think that's kind of what Brian did when he was with Miami. He took care of the defensive side of the ball, let the offense, you know, let the offensive coordinator handle, handle his business. But uh, to me, if the rumors are true, like I said, if Kyle doesn't want to go to his head, I don't know if Mike or Lou are going to hold him accountable or put his feet under the fire. And But again, Again, I, you know, again, I think Brian would have held him accountable. He would have gone to meetings or, you know, he would have gone to these uh, meetings or he'd do a much better job of looking at game film. And I think that was, uh, of course, that was a, a sore subject for uh, Kyler Murray and contract talks uh, this past offseason. So, again, it, will, it would have been, again, I think it would have been very, very interesting if he would have, uh, you know, he had came in and could have been a coach. I think he would have done an outstanding job. But right now, if the reports are true, just as of last week, I think Michael Wine would be the new head football coach for the Cardinals. And certainly, offensive is forte, and he would have Kyle Murray to work with, depending on his health when he gets back from his injury. Um, the offensive line, that's got to be worked on. To me, that's been a big issue the last couple of years as far as protecting Kyle Murray. I mean, that's something that. If you paid all this money for a 25-year-old Kyle Murray, you expect him to be around for many, many years. That means if your quarterback has been around for many years, you need to protect him. Now, James O'Connell figures he'll come back for one season. James, James has been has done an outstanding job with the Cardinals his first two years with them. We're going to assume he comes back. That veteran presence in the backfield. Again, Dean Glenn getting on number two running back to the point where you think that he could um, eventually – succeed 
Connor Hedrick. Yeah, he had another one running back at some point. Now, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, his name has come up as possible trade bait because he's going to be like, he's going to count a lot of money on the, against the salary cap. And to me, if you're going to please Kyler Murray, then you need to keep then you need to keep DeAndre Hopkins around at any all costs. But that appears not to be the case. Marquise Brown is a, is a pretty good number two if he can stay healthy. That's been Marquise's problem. And again, you know, Zach. Zach Ertz will come back uh, as of today. We know the retirement of A.J. Green. He's been in the league for 12 years. They uh, had a, a nice career. Certainly done more with the Cincinnati Bengals than he did with the Arizona Cardinals. But again, towards the end of his career, A.J. Green suffered lots of injuries. And he just wasn't the same player as he once was. Now, of course, A.J., he had his issues with uh, yeah, Kyler Murray as well. But, but again... Again, the thing is, is like the offensive line is going to be the biggest thing you have to correct. Now, defense, now defensively, there's a few good players on the defense side of the ball. There's a little bit of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And you look at the division, right? Um, yeah, the 49ers, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, of course, their quarterback situation is something that's got to be addressed. But again, they're going to have some contract issues. They've got money tied up in what Christian Fanfrey. you got money tied up in George Kittle, Debo. Then you got you got the you got time to wake up some money for Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has a chance to be the defensive player of the year this year in the NFL. That's something you got you got time money for him. So the 49ers will have their decisions to make, if not next season, certainly in uh, 2024. Uh, you know, Seattle, Seattle seems to be getting better and better. They did an outstanding job as far as drafting on the offensive line. And that's been the sore subject for many years. It looked like their offensive line is shaping up to be a pretty decent for the next few years. Um, you have a nice young running back in uh, Kenny Walker. Walker following that Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carlson type mold. I think, you know, he's fine. You're fine there. You've got two good receivers, Lockett, Metcalf. you got a decent set of tight ends. And then Geno Smith has had a career here. Looks like he'll probably re-sign with Looks like you'll probably resign with Seattle. It depends on what the, what the money, how the money's going to fall out. But if Gina comes back and plays like he did this past season, then the biggest thing with Seattle will be the defense side of the ball, and that has to be worked on. But again, Seattle's a team that's kind of on the on the upswing. The Rams, well, <sighs> the Rams could fall to that case where they they start to get older. Uh, they gave a lot of draft picks to get some of these. From the Matthew Straffords of the, of the world to um, what the Von Miller's been trading and like you know stuff like this that their guys they gave up and again you have to wonder deep down inside um, if, that, if that's not going to think that's probably going to come back eventually bite them in the butt and and that's something that again the Rams could be a team that could be on the downside the 49ers you have to keep an eye on for I mean the Cardinals if under the right circumstances. Maybe them and maybe Seattle could be a team of the future in this division, and not so much the, um, not so much Rams, and not yeah, not so much the Forty ers But again, the, the, the Cardinals, if they play, if they play the cards right, you know, maybe if Kyler Murray can uh, bounce back. I mean, there was a point in time Kyler Murray seemed to, seemed to improve his game every year up until this um, this past season, and that's when he dipped. So I think a guy like maybe. 
and you figure maybe the, the best possibility of Kyler Murray, you got all this money tied up in Kyler Murray, then you don't want prime and offensive minded coach. And I think that's where Mike Leach comes in. And I think he'll be the next head football coach. Now, I mean, you think about it this way Kyler Murray and Danny Jones' games are not that much different. I think Kyler has a bigger better arm than Daniel Jones, and I think he's probably better runner of the football than Daniel Jones. So to me, Mike could come in, implement a Giants offensive system that would probably benefit Kyler Murray. Now, James Conner, I think James Conner has still put up quality numbers, but I think you got to go out and you got to find a consistent number two running back that can take the pressure off. Now, if you can bring Hopkins back to go along with Brown, a healthy Zach Ertz, and a consistent number three receiver for them. Yeah, I mean, offensively, they could be back. They could get back, back, back on track. And I'm sure. I'm just certainly interested to see. To me, whoever comes in, it's not. You're not. The cover is not bare, so to speak. You know, you're not going to let's say the Houston Texans. Yeah, you know something like that. I mean, you're not going to a. You're not going to that situation. So the Cardinals do have something there. Again, it all depends on Kyler Murray's injury. He's injured. Can he come back, you know, quick enough by a trade by, by camp? And can you know, Matt, can a guy, let's say, Matt Cleave, if he does get a job, yeah, can he implement his system in that Kyler Murray will enjoy that he won't like? And again, you got all this money tied up in Kyler Murray. You need to surround him with an offensive line. Uh, you know, all the, you know, if you get that ready, and you got to convince the Cardinals brass we need to keep DeAndre Hopkins now because I think if you let Hopkins go, you're going to upset Kyler Murray by letting a guy like Kyler Murray go. Now, yes, he's still got Marquise Brown, but Marquise has not proved to be the prototypical number one receiver that everybody thought he was coming out of the University of Oklahoma. Now, Murray and Brown had y'all from those days at, at Oklahoma, but Brown has not been a consistent number one receiver in his league. Um, he had 1,000 yards one year. That was like the year before last with the Ravens. And of course, he even spent some time with one of Lamar Jackson. So, again, we'll, I mean, we'll see that, how that goes if Hopkins does get traded. And if he does, he, to me, Marquise is not going to be the number one receiver, top notch number one receiver. Again, Marquise is better off being a number two. I think he can be fine as a number two receiver, but he's got to stay healthy for all 17 games. I don't think I don't know Marquise can actually do that. But I like to see Hopkins, Brown, and Ertz on the field all at the same time. But again, it all depends who becomes the next head football coach of the uh, Cardinals. Again, we saw, I would love to. I think Brian Flores would, would have been a better fit to be a free number two we talked about. And Brian has a new job, and we can get into that. We'll get into that, you know, later on in this episode. But you know, but for right now. For the Cardinals, it, get, it gets to be, we'll see. Is it right now? They might come in to head coaches right now. And the way I'm looking at it, unless there's a new a, a new contender that you know pops pops his head in and ha- and blows the Cardinals brass away, it appears that it appears that I believe that Mike Cleef will be the next head football coach of the of the Cardinals. With that being said, that would leave one spot wide open, and that would be to one to 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 the Colts. And to me. It kind of sets up with the Colts falling a hard time. The Texans can fill their position quicker than you can, and that's not a good sign. Now, you know, to me, unless there's somebody on the 
Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs staff, they feel that could be could be can be that guy. I mean, you know, Eric Benjamin's name gets comes up an awful lot. I mean, maybe Eric Reed could be the next head, next head football coach of the Colts. Uh, his name gets thrown thrown around a lot, a lot in that uh, in that scenario. But if not, then who's going to be the next head football coach of the Colts? But the Cardinals, they seem to narrow it down to at least they seem like to a couple of choices now, and we'll see, we'll see if the next head football coach of the Cardinals can, can get them back to the yeah at least back into the playoffs again. Oh, like I said, a lot of money's tied on Kyler Murray. I think you probably go offensive minded. Um, and you have to. Kyle Murray's got to take his game up to the next level. And again, we see he has shown improvement every year he's been in this league. Last year he slipped injuries, even injured the last couple of years. Kyle's had some injuries, and that becomes a concern. If you, if you're a quarterback in the last, and you start to start to sound like an injury-prone player, that's not a good sign. And hopefully, that's not the case here with Kyler Murray. But if you got a lot of money tied up in him, you need to make Kyler Murray happy. You need to give him as many winning weapons as possible. But then again, that act could get that as I said, that act could get stale. And but to me, if Mike comes in, I think Kyler can run his system, the same system they run with the uh, Giants. And I think that I mean I think Kyler will be fine in that system. And again, with the Cardinals, they're in a division where maybe the Rams are could have maybe seen better days. Uh, the 49ers, they'll probably still be contenders next season. And Seattle, Seattle's run game is getting better. It's getting younger and getting better. And and if Geno Smith can repeat what he did this past season, who knows, Seattle could be a team that could win this division. But they got to have improved defense play. And for the Cardinals, the defense is what would need to be fixed. It's not that they don't have like players on the side of the ball. Like, of course, you know, J.J. Watt retired. But again, it's but again, JJ wasn't the whole defense for the uh, for the Cardinals. I'm interested to see, you know, I'm interested to see come draft time where they spend. I think if they do, they'll spend it probably a lot on defense side of the ball. But again, they need to work on the offense. And I'm interested to see, do you if you trade Hopkins, do you go and get a receiver? There's a couple of receivers in the draft uh, that that certainly get looked at. But again, again, it's a, as I stated, if you tied all this money up in Kyle Murray, you need, you need to give him the next head football coach has got to be an offensive-minded coach. Another thing is, is Kyle, is Kyle Murray, yeah, does he have a little bit of say-so being the next football coach? That is something that has not really come out. I have not really heard, you know, I've not really read any articles that have said that Murray has some kind of input or maybe maybe put his two cents in. I have not heard that. Um, again, you have to wonder if um, if Kyle would have been happy with Brian Flores as his as his coach, or maybe he sees Mike Khalif as a guy that he can work with. But I'm interested to see. Um, one guy I'm surprised his name hasn't come up was Eric Bieniemy for the uh, for the Cardinal. I mean for the uh, Cardinals. Um, Eric is the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Of course, now there's been rumors out there that Eric could wind up being the offensive coordinator for another organization. But again, I could maybe Eric could work with uh, maybe Eric becomes a coach, head football coach of the Cardinals. Maybe he he can work with Kyler Murray. 
he's worked with Patrick Mahomes the last several years. I believe he worked with Magic with Kyle Murray. You know, maybe you know, maybe he brings a guy like Clyde Edwards Blair with him. Edwards, you know, he could be a number two behind Josh. You know, Josh Connor. Maybe they could be a one-two punch. That's something to work with. Maybe Eric can get a Garth and Tommy White. A couple of you know, get another couple of guys on the offensive line. It would be interesting. I mean, Eric could be an interesting fit. If they keep Hopkins around and Marquise Brown, you know, he would have some tools to work with as far as receivers go. A guy like a guy like Benjamin could be an interesting choice if the Cardinals moving out Mike Cleve. Cook Cleve did wonders with Daniel Jones. I mean, you could do wonders with a guy that's been struggling since day one, day one in the NFL, and you help make him a respectable quarterback in this league, then that's kind of showing something what you're capable of doing. And maybe that's why the Cardinals lean towards the offensive side of the ball. But again, I think Eric Green is a guy that could probably do just as much as, as Mike Cleve could do, could do, could do for him. But it appears the Cardinals may very well have narrowed down, narrowed down their candidates, and uh, for for uh, them, we'll see who it is. But of course, with Parker said, unfortunately, last week, I think Mike will be the new coach. Don't know when that's going. They might not. They may wait till after the Super Bowl to make to make that decision. And for the Colts moving forward, it's interesting. They'll be the last team that does not have a head coach. And again, that kind of shows you. Hard times for the for the Colts. Hard times are falling on the Colts, and who the next uh, coach would be. Now, I gotta be bluntly honest. Uh, it doesn't because again, uh, some people say the Ursays are kind of disenchanted with this with this coaching thing. They just let other relatives. I think his daughter, I believe, has been has had more input in this than he has. And to me, if the owner is disenchanted. With hiring a head football coach, that's not a good sign for the for the organization. And I don't know who the next head football coach is, or what Jim Irsay, or what the brass is thinking as far as yeah. Do you want an offensive minded coach? Do you want a defensive minded coach? I would probably say offensive minded coach again because the defense is not really that bad. But again, at the end, there's names going to pop up and pop up on the job. So we'll, we'll see the direction the Colts are going in. But again, the Colts have got a lot of work to do on that offensive side of the ball. But for the Cardinals, offensive side of the ball is not really the biggest, the biggest issue. You've got to straight, straighten up the defense a little bit. And B, the Cardinals could be a team that could be a contender for um, for many more years to come, depending if they can straighten up the defense side of the ball and get some offensive line help. If you can do that, yeah, whoever steps in as the head football coach of the Cardinals will have a chance to have a pretty decent team for you know for several years and maybe they maybe they could be the talk of the NFC maybe in maybe a couple more years. But you've got Kyle Murray in the prime in the prime of his career. He's twenty five years old. Uh, but again with Kyle it all depends on where Kyle Murray's head's at. And if anybody listens to reports, yeah Kyle Murray's head is elsewhere. He's happy where he got his money. Yet again he wouldn't be happy if he got yeah, all that money that Kyler Murray had, and a lot of it is, is guaranteed. Not all of it, but a lot of it's guaranteed. And I think that's another big issue with the NFL owners is how much guaranteed money you want to get. That's been the holdup with Lamar Jackson and how much guaranteed money he can get from the Ravens. And, and again, I wouldn't be 
dude who traded Lamar Jackson, probably Kyler Murray. I don't think he's going to quite that far, but I don't think that's going to happen. But again, I'm interested to see what the Cardinals, what the Cardinals can't do moving forward. Certainly, I think they'll go offensive side of the ball. And it appears they had narrowed down to three, but now it's dropped to two possible candidates, unless another candidate pops pops his head in and. Maybe he'll be a surprise, surprise hiring. But for the Cardinals, I mean, the, the future is not bleak for the Cardinals. It's not even stretching the imagination. It's not bleak. They're in a division where, like the Rams are slipping, Seattle's getting better, and San Francisco, they're probably going to be pretty steady next year. I think it all depends on the quarterback situation. Is it Purdy? Is it going to be Lance? But again, I wouldn't count the Cardinals out. Talent is there. And again, We'll see, can Kyler Murray come back from his injury quick enough, and can Kyler Murray have his head screwed on right and play the way Kyler Murray is capable to play a playing football in this league. Now, speaking of new coaches and quarterback situations, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Uh, Sean Payton, I think, had his first press conference with the um, Denver Denver media the Den- and the, um, the brass and um, – and now there's a, there's a story coming out now that Russell Wilson, I think, was allowed to bring in his his own trainers or coaches, I believe, or like a coach or something like that. Well, Sean Payton's kind of nipped that, nipped that in the bud, and he says, I'm not in, I'm not in for that. That's not going to happen. He's not going to bring in his own his own personal coach or personal trainer that he's going to he's going to you know he's going to use what's given to him by me and the Denver Broncos management. Now, what that what that yeah, so what that tells me is, which I'm not surprised, Sean Payton's the type of guy that's gonna put his foot down. He's not taking no grow fault for anybody. And I expect that from Sean Payton. You don't think he did that for many years with the Saints. Now, I'm not saying that him and Drew Brees probably agreed on everything. I'm sure they didn't. And I'm sure Drew Brees got it and understood that. But again, you know, Drew Brees never came on as a guy that a lot of people said a lot of nice things about Drew Brees in the locker room and the locker room adore Drew Brees. What Russell Wilson is, I can't really say that because the because what he was, because a lot of the uh, there was grumblings in the locker room that uh Russell Wilson was pretty much didn't yeah, pretty much didn't really care, didn't really care in a nutshell. And to me, that's how it came off to me, uh that he was pretty much to himself and um and going again, that was, of course, you saw the incident on the sideline towards the end of the season where an offensive lineman jumped on, yeah, yeah, jumped on, jumped on Russell Wilson. Um, I think on the offensive line, I think jumped on was a, was a good thing to back up to as well. He got jumped on, so to me, but again, Sean Payton is kind of nipping this in the bud real quick. He says, no, we're not going to do this. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Sean's going to call the plays on offense. I'm sure he'll get an offensive coordinator, but I'm sure he's going to call the majority of the plays. And again, and again, Peyton is going to work with Russell Wilson one-on-one. He's going to make, he's going to try to make him a, try to get him back on track. Like I said, I'm sure Peyton and Breeze didn't agree. They see eye-to-eye on everything. But again, again, like I said, Breeze didn't have, Breeze, everybody talked good about Drew Breeze. Russell has not had that reputation these last uh, few years. Of course, you've heard the reports about former Seattle Seahawks teammates and yeah, that said that Russell, you know, Russell has become full of himself again. 
And again, Sean Payton's not going to put up with that. Uh, again, Payton and Russell, they're kind of like stuck at the hip right now. And Russell's got a contract where it would be hard to get out from under if uh, Sean Payton's not seeing what he needs to see from Russell Wilson. And again, Payton's going to be hard. Payton, again, Payton's got that reputation. That's why I never thought that Payton could go to Dallas because Sean Payton would not take nothing. I don't think Sean Payton would take nothing off of Jerry Jones. He would not be a Jerry Jones puppet. I think he would get in Jerry Jones' face and tell him that, hey, I'm running this football team. I see it this way, and you see it totally different. And Peyton would say, well, I've been in this, you know, I've been in this league for many, many years, and I've had success. I've got a Super Bowl. I've got a Super, I do have a Super Bowl ring. I've been in the playoffs probably Jerry more times in the past several years than you have. I've got more success than you have, Jerry. Jerry would come back and say, well, you know, Sean, I've got three Super Bowls with two different coaches. But again, you know, again, that's that's kind of what happened with Jimmy Johnson. I mean, who got credit? Was it Jerry Jones? Was it Jimmy Johnson? Which one got the credit? And I think that's what happened. Is I think Jerry wanted to take more credit. He won't take more credit. But it was, it was Jimmy Johnson that got in Jerry Jones's ear and said, "Hey, we need to do this, this, this to get the team better." And again, you know, Jerry probably listened to Jimmy. And again. But again, Jerry wouldn't take credit. And to me, if for some reason if Sean Payton went there, and then again, Sean Payton, let's say, turned Dak Prescott around, I'm sure Jerry probably jumped in. He probably said, I take credit for that. But again, that's Sean Payton's the type of guy that's going to get in your face. And Sean Payton is a student of Bill Parcells. And Parcells, we all know Parcells was that type of guy. Parcells, and Parcells let you know, you know, how it was. And Sean Payton is that way. And to me, it doesn't matter if you're Russell Wilson or Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or whatever else is going to be, you know, whoever else on, on the Broncos team. You know, he's going to tell you how it, how it is. And to me, Sean Payton, and to his credit, he's putting his foot down already before the season began. And for Sean, he needs to do this. And, and Russell is going to need to work with player. He's going to need to work with who Sean Payton wants to have on the staff, whether it's an offensive coordinator whatever trainers, there is no personal coaches. And I agree with this. Now, granted, for years, I know that Tom Brady had his own personal trainer, I think, followed the team around. You know, Belichick let it happen. But then again, let it, you know, again, he let it go. I think towards the end of their run, he wasn't happy about the uh, Tom Brady's personal coach. But then again, if you got six Super Bowls and you won six Super Bowl rings, you probably, I'm sure you probably get some leeway. Again, Russell Wilson been two Super Bowls, one one. You probably could have won a second. They probably should have beat the Patriots. But again, we can go back to the questionable call by Pete Carroll or or Bevin or whoever you want. Yeah, whoever you want to blame, blame for that. Um, but to me, again, Sean Payne's already has already put his foot down on this and he's told that hey, Russell's going to use our coach, our coaching staff. He's not going to pull somebody from outside to come in. He's not going for this trainer. He's going for our trainers. You know, and I don't blame. I don't blame Sean Payton at all. He needs to. Get, he needs to get this. He needs to nip this in the bud and nip in the bud as soon as he can. Because again, you can't let Sean Payton. Because if, if Payton, you can come in and tell Russell Wilson, "Hey, you know what, Russ? If you don't like my way, if you can, you know, get the step, and I'll get a quarterback in here that will, that I can, you know, that can coach up." You know, again, Drew Brees was a coaching in this league. Nobody wanted Drew because of an injury. Heck, the Miami Dolphins come mighty close to getting him. 
but they didn't want him because of his past injury. And Sean Payton took a chance on him, and at the end, he paid off. Now, Russell Wilson's come off a bad year. He got dinged around this year. So now, so now Sean Payton's got to correct Russell Wilson. Now, can he do it? Yeah, Sean can do it because Russell's a veteran in his league. You know, Russell should know better. And Russell, I would like to think, would put his ego in check to the point where, hey, you know, Sean Payton has success with Drew Brees. I can have success in this league. But I've said this before about Russell Wilson. I think Russ needs to go back to the Seattle days where I think he, instead of being a pocket passer, he needs to scramble around a little bit. And I think Sean, you know, I think Sean Payne's a smart enough coach, certainly to understand that. And I think that's something that, that Russell needs to do. Instead of trying to be a pocket passer, I think he needs to get back to the days where he's scrambling around, doing bootlegs and stuff like that. I think that needs to be brought back in Russell Wilson's game plan. He might be a drop back passer. Now, I mean, that might work with, you know, Drew Brees because that was Drew Brees' game. But again, towards the end of Drew Brees' career, and Drew Brees' arm wasn't the same anymore. He couldn't throw that deep ball, so Sean Payne had to adapt to Drew Brees' game plan. And Sean did that. But again, coaches, defensive coordinators knew that Sean didn't have that, that excuse me, not Sean, but Drew Brees didn't have the arm that he once did. And he had to throw five, six, seven yard hitches. Yeah, he didn't have any. He couldn't throw it. 70-yard ball, 60-yard bomb, I should say, anymore. Now, Russell Wilson still has the capability of throwing a deep ball. He has a stronger arm at this stage than Drew Brees did. Yeah, so don't get me wrong, Russell can throw a deep ball still, but I would like to see Russell, you know, scramble around a little bit. I'm not saying he's got he's, he's got to be, I'm not saying he's got to be Lamar Jackson, maybe a John Sean getting more rushing yards, but again, he has the capability to probably get maybe a good, he could probably get a good 35, 40 yards just at this stage in his career. I'm not saying he has to be, like I said, like Josh Allen or Mark Jackson type of thing, but he can still do that. He's got the capability of still doing that, and I think that's something that, uh, but again, you know, you better have a quality backup quarterback in place on you. Now, Rippin is there. Rippin is probably going to be gone, and I'm sure that Sean Payton will probably look around to try to get him a backup quarterback, you know. But again, you never know deep down inside. Could Sean Payton be back of his mind saying, hey, maybe I can get one of these young quarterbacks. I'm not going to be the top tier, but there may be a guy, maybe there's a guy that I can look at and maybe I can get. Maybe I can get a guy from the quarterback of BYU. He's athletical, has a decent arm. Maybe I can bring him in and maybe, 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 I can teach, maybe he can run under my tree. And maybe I can make him my next quarterback of the future. Because I know Russell Wilson's not getting no younger. You know, I, you know, that's the thing. I'm sure Sean Payton's probably thinking five, six, or seven steps ahead. He's probably thinking like that. And and he should. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if we went out and got a backup, a, a veteran backup quarterback. You know, maybe, you know, whoever that backup that veteran is, I don't think it's going to be. He's not going to go out and get a, certainly like a Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody to back up. That's, that's not happening. But again, he can go out and get maybe, maybe like a Blaine Gabbard. Maybe he can reunite with uh, Chase Daniel. Maybe Chase goes from the Chargers to the Broncos. I mean, Chase knows the system that Sean Payne's running. Maybe, maybe go ahead and get him. I'm just saying, maybe go ahead and get Chase Daniel. Now, I don't know what Chase Daniel's contract is with the Chargers, but maybe he goes in and gets a guy like a guy like that to come in and back up Russell Wilson, who's a veteran in this league. He's been in this league for many years, and maybe Chase can teach. Russell Wilson did that, you know, the dynamics of the system. 
You figure Russell's a smart enough guy. He watches film. I think Russell's a smart enough guy that he can pick up on the system. But again, long term of this is when I read this article, the long term of it is does it really? I think a lot of that ESPN has passed. I think has was the first one to report this. I think I've read it elsewhere as you know as well. But I have to wonder deep down inside is how much. Yeah. How's this gonna go? Is it a good? Is it a good thing? It's a good thing that Sean's dipping his butt right here and there. But I gotta wonder deep down inside. At some point in time, is it is there going to be a rift between between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Yeah. To me, you know, Sean is stubborn, and I'm sure Russell Wilson's stubborn. One's went to the Super Bowl. One's been to two Super Bowls. Yeah. So again, you have to wonder if that's gonna be a a problem moving forward with these with these two. Again, again, I'm, if I'm Sean Payton, this is my team. We're going to do it my way. We're going to do it any way at all. And Russell Wilson, well, Russell, he's the one that made the pitch to get Sean Payton here into town. Now, whether whether Russell is caught off guard by by what Sean Payton has said, I don't know. I would. It, I don't know, but maybe if Sean and Russell had had this con- maybe they'd had this conversation before Sean became a coach. Maybe Sean's maybe Sean told Russell, "Hey, hey, Russ, um, we got to do this my way. I can't have your own personal coaches in here. In here, you need to do it my way. Um, if we do it my way, I can get the Broncos, you know, in back into the playoffs. Again, the Broncos have a team that it's not the Broncos have a horrible team. They don't." The offensive line, they suffered some injuries this past season, but again, rumors are, are going around that there could be two-fifths or three-fifths of the offensive line could be pretty much gone out of town. Now, one thing about Sean Payton is he's had a head of putting together pretty decent offensive lines. Uh, the running game, it suffered last year for Javante Williams. He got hurt, but to me, Javante could be the Alvin Kamara, but again, you have to wonder if Sean Payton sees Javante Williams as the Alvin Kamara, as his Alvin Kamara. Or does he go ahead and draft a young running back in this year's draft? And there are a few sitting out there that can take that spot. It's not like he don't have the receivers. He does have the receivers. He has a young tight end. So that's not really the issue there. And Russell, to me, came up. I think Russell can bounce back. So again, the offense is not is not that bad when you think about it. And the defense the defense played well last year up until a certain point. And then the defense, I think, towards the end of the season, of course, the defense, they, they of course, Baker Mayfield with, the, with their defensive heart. But I think towards the end of the season, the Denver Broncos just got tired. They got tired of carrying the you know, offense on their backside. And I think it wore on them. And again, whoever becomes the defensive coordinator for Denver, they're, they're still going to hurt a pretty decent bunch of guys. I mean, again, you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, you think about it. I mean, the secondary is not that bad. I think the biggest thing is you need to find a run stopper, a pass rusher, and maybe maybe work on the linebacking core. You can do that. Heck, I'll be bluntly honest with you. You got the right coach in Sean Payton in there. Denver could be maybe a wild card team. I don't. I as of right now, I still believe the Chiefs could repeat as division champs. But I'm not saying it's not impossible. The Chargers, the Chargers have got talent, but the Chargers, for some reason, have never, have never put that talent together. And again, Sean Payton's the type of coach that could put talent together to win games. Yeah, 
And to me, that could put Sean Payton over top of Brandon Story and the Chargers. But for the, you know, for the Chiefs, the Chiefs have got a decision to get out many ball season. Yeah. Orlando Brown, the left tackle, the one that's covered Patrick Mahomes' backside, can you re-sign him? He's going to be in, he's going to be in a situation. The receiving court, that might get tore up all over again. I think Juju's a free agent. Then it's like, do you trust? Yeah. And to me, you know, Tyreek Hill not to walk back into the building. Again, that could be a situation that you have to look that you have to look into. The Chiefs, the Chiefs defense fluctuates pretty much every year. Again, you know, again, you know, Denver, to me, Denver still has a chance to maybe be something in this division. But we'll see. But Sean Payton's already put his foot down. He says we're gonna do this my way, or we don't do it any way at all. And for Russell Wilson, he wanted he wanted Sean Payton there. He said none of this is gonna happen if Sean we're gonna do it Sean Payton's way. We're not gonna do it the Russell Wilson way. We're gonna do it Sean Payton's way. And I'm sure Pete Carroll, yeah, like you said, I think Russell Wilson wants the offense to run through him, but Sean Payton might have other ideas. He might he might I'm sure Sean would probably let Russell do a few things, but the point is, it's Sean Payton. It's his offense. Russell's got to run it his way. And if Russell can't run it his way, then Russell could be very well on up yeah, on about on about Denver before he knows it. And let's talk about we talk about Brian Flores in the first part of in the first part of this episode. Well now rumors now reports have come out that Brian Flores will become the next defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I said a few, and I've said this myself in a few episodes ago, that I thought Brian would be a decent would be a decent fit for the Minnesota Vikings. He'd be a type of guy that could take come in and do something. And lo and behold, lo and behold, yeah, for once, I guess, I guess for once in my life, I was right about something, right? Um, but again, I, the biggest thing with Brian Flores going to Minnesota is this: offensively, Minnesota could be in that situation where. Again, there's reports that there's reports that you know that Kirk Cousins. There was one report that was that that somebody a writer wanted to trade him to the 49ers, but Kirk's gonna stay around. Now Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook trades to keep ramping up. It seems like every other day I'm hearing about Dalvin Cook possibly being traded. Matt's in the backup is probably gonna be gone because he's gonna want money. He wants to be the starting running back from this league. Um, he's gonna want more money elsewhere. Jefferson, if he'll still be around. Adam Thielen could very well be gone. Thielen, I think, will be 33 next season. Adam could still be a pretty good receiver in this league on somebody's somebody's team. The offensive line had suffered some injuries. It should be healthy come next season. But the defense was a, was a horrible spot. And you have to wonder if some of those guys will be gone off the defense. I know Daniel Hunter, he could very well be gone after the season. And again, I know Harrison Smith, but I think Harrison Smith's going to start counting a lot on his salary cap. And do you get rid of Harrison Smith? Do you cut him outright? Or do you try to trade him to somebody? Again, Brian Flores, again, yeah, I know Brian was a, more of a blitz-happy guy with Miami. And Miami had those players to do that. I don't think Minnesota has those type of players to really do that with. And I think, you know, and I'm sure Minnesota probably spent a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of this year's draft probably on getting the defense ready. Um, Certainly, I'm sure they probably look for a quarterback of the future, but again, Kirk Cousins is not getting any younger, and they may take a chance on a young running back late in the draft. You have to wonder about the running back. If you were trading Alvin Cook and Madison's gone, that leaves you with, what, Ty Chandler, I believe. 
who was like a third running back on the team. Everybody was known as a starting running back. Do you do you go get a running back? Robinson from University of Texas is the, is the best guy. Do you go get him? And I know Kevin O'Connell wanted to pass the football so much more this past off season, but you gotta wonder deep down inside. Yeah, moving forward, is that gonna be the is is yeah is that gonna be the right thing moving forward? To me, you had Dalvin Cook. You could have you could have done fifty fifty with him when you pass the ball more. And to me, do you bring Adam Thielen back for less money? Not saying Adam wouldn't take less money for that Minnesota selling team he ever played for. He could come back for less for less money. You got T.J. Hawkinson who you traded for to give a couple draft picks to, to land him, and you got to get Hawkinson more involved. Yeah, to me that's something that has to be worked on as well. But again, defensively is something that has got to be certainly has got to be worked on. And going out and getting Brian Flores to be your new defensive coordinator is I like the move. I think it's a smart move. But again, Brian's got his work cut out for him. The defense was horrible last year. He's got his work cut out for him. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate that they probably spent a lot of a lot of their draft picks on the defensive side of the ball, or they try to bring some free agents in that will fit the Brian Flores mold. And like I said, Brian's one of the blitz a blitz happy guy, and he needs players for that system. And again, if the offense can continue to let's say play play like it did last season, and Brian can get some kind of, yeah, can certainly improve that side of the ball, then the Minnesota Vikings more likely, but right now, could very well still repeat as the champions in the NFC North. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of people want to jump on the Detroit Lions bandwagon, but their defense was just as bad as Minnesota's last year. Offensively, they clicked, but again, Detroit's got some issues, has got some discussions to make. Um, yeah, do you bring back Jamal Williams, who was a touchdown machine for last year. Can you bring him back? Um, again, offensively, they played well last year. You know, uh, can DeAndre Smith ever stay healthy for a full 17 games? Um, again, you know, with Chicago, Chicago's still got some holes they've got to fill. In Green Bay, I get it. There is no more Aaron Rodgers, but if Jordan Love can play like he did in that one game against Philadelphia for a full 17 games, you're on to something. You still got Dylan. You still got Aaron Jones. The offensive line's still not that bad. Defensively, the defense has got probably more talent than anybody in that you know, in that division. Again, if Jordan Love can be legit, to me, Green Bay could, could jump right back right back into the forefront and win that division again, even with Jordan, Jordan Love riding, riding shotgun. But the thing is, with Brian, with Brian Ford as being the new coach, it is certainly a step in the right direction for Minnesota to make is to yeah to get the defense back on track because that was the biggest reason why they didn't go further they could go now they got they got beat up by the by the by the giants and the minnesota couldn't stop could not stop daniel jones and to me that's an issue if you cannot stop daniel jones then you're not going to stop yeah then you're not going to stop yeah because then again you're not going to stop a guy like jalen hurts now and to be honest with you, the defense got lit up by with Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott, yeah, threw the second most interceptions of any starting quarterback in this league. So, Brian Flores, his work is cut out. Again, they're going to have to go out and find draft picks. Um, you know, free agents, yeah, that are going to, that are going to fit the Brian Flores system. 
and the blindfolded system, it might not, it might not click like a snap of a finger, it's not gonna click, but if it can click after maybe the first couple, you know, couple of years, the Vikings could be a team that you can reckon with in the, yeah, in the NFC for you know, for quite some time. But again, they've got decisions they've got to make. But I do like this pick from Brian Flores. I think Brian will certainly take no bluff off the defense. He's going to want the defense to work hard. He's going to want them to improve. And I think under Brian Flores, the defense should improve somewhat. It can't be no worse than it was last year. But I'm interested to see what Brian Flores can do, can do with his defense. For the last couple of minutes, again, we talked about this at the top of the show that uh, the retirement of one of one AJ Green. Adrian Green's been in the league for you know for twelve years. He spent the first ten years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the last few years of his career, injuries you know, cost AJ AJ Green a, a lot, you know, a lot of time. AJ, when he was healthy, he was he was one of the top receivers in this league. Him and Andy Dalton. Had an incredible career together. Uh, AJ had a lot of thousand yard years, some nine hundred yard years. Unfortunately, AJ Green never had the chance to. Yeah, I mean, I think a, yeah, he didn't have a chance to really reach the Super Bowl. Uh, AJ did get a chance to peek his head into the playoffs, but he never had a chance to like get to an AFC Championship game or get to a Super Bowl. And AJ was a talented, talented individual. And it's a shame because AJ kind of fell in that same category of like a Chad Johnson. He did not get a chance to see a Super Bowl. A TJ Humazada, a Corey Dillon. These are guys that were pretty decent players that didn't get a chance to certainly peek their head into the, yeah, into, you know, sometimes the playoffs and even the Super Bowl didn't get a chance to see that. And to me, that's kind of, that's the bad part about AJ Green. AJ Green, he came in the same draft as Julio Jones. I think Julio had a better career than AJ than AJ Green. But again, AJ was a was a top talent for the um, Cincinnati Bengals for many, many years. The Bengals, they caught him, the Cardinals picked him up, figured they he would be a nice little fit with you know, with Kyle Murray. Hopefully he'd be maybe could be the surprise number two to go along with Hopkins. Unfortunately it didn't work out. Green got injured. Um, I don't think Kyle Murray and AJ Green ever got on the same page. And it's towards the tail end of his career it kind of seemed that he he dropped off. I mean, but for AJ, I'm interested to see where where his retirement goes. I, unfortunately, I don't I don't see AJ as a Hall of Fame type of player. He probably could have had a Hall of Fame career if injuries didn't curtail his last few years in this league. He could have been that type of guy. But again, he's one of those many many players that you're going to see have a Super Bowl ring. AJ was the type of guy that didn't get into trouble troubles. I know he had maybe one incident in one game. And I can't remember it. I, I, gosh, I can't remember. It might have been the Ravens, maybe. But again, I can't remember. He did have one little on-field incident. But again, AJ was a was a class act. Um, him and Andy Dalton, matter of fact, got drafted in the same year, and they were teammates for many, many years. And certainly, certainly, I wish AJ Green the best moving moving forward. Um, what AJ does, who knows? Maybe he becomes a. Uh, a coach, I think he'd be a very interesting receivers coach in this league for for some organization. I think he'd be great, a great fit there. But again, I certainly wish AJ Green the best of luck in his in his future endeavors. Whatever he does, whatever he does, I'm sure AJ will be successful. Yeah, he, he had a nice a nice twelve year career. I'm sure the last few years AJ wish he could take back. But again, injuries curtail this man's career a career that 
could have probably been a Hall of Fame, very well a Hall of Fame career. But again, AJ unfortunately could fall to the category like the Charlie Joiners of the world. Good receivers, never got a Super Bowl ring. That's all time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves. See you again soon.